Hello, my truth-seeking mates. Today, we are going to talk about why it is so important to be able to defend the existence of miracles. Hello, hello, everybody. Thank you so much for being here for episode four, uh, for episode four of Truthfully Thinking. And I am so appreciative of all the shares everyone has made uh, of my podcast and of how many times it's been played. Uh, I know that it might not seem like much. I mean, I'm practically nobody. So when I saw that it's been played almost 200 times, I was like, whoa, that's a lot for me, like I was not expecting my podcast to be played that many times in just a matter of like three weeks. So I am very, very thankful. And well, this is actually week four. So still, I wasn't expecting it to be played that many times in four weeks. So I'm just very, very happy and very um, thankful to everyone who has shared my podcast, to everyone who's listening. I appreciate it so much. And I just wanted to say thank you, thank you. And I would appreciate if you continue sharing it. I just I'm so excited to be doing this and I've been meaning to for a very long time and now that I'm doing it, I'm just, I'm so grateful that I did and I hope to reach many people who are willing to learn and just to grow in their faith and to realize that there is nothing but um, reasonable faith behind Christianity. So anyway, with that, I want to get into our topic for today and the reason I'm just going to be plain and honest about this, the reason I decided to do this podcast is actually because I was listening to Natasha Crane's podcast about miracles, and I absolutely loved the simplicity and how basic it was, and I thought, you know what, you don't need to have an audience who has been, you know, has a master's in theology or apologetics or in any other divinity that exists out there um, to understand why it's important to defend um, the existence of miracles. And you actually don't need any of those things to actually be able to do it as well. So, you know what, here we are. um, Here I am (laughs) um, sharing this information. And I wanted to um, start by giving an actual definition to miracles. And the reason I wanted to start with that is because I find that everyone thinks of something different when they think about miracles. And I have a problem with that because as many may know, if you are having a conversation with someone and they're both thinking of different definitions of a word, it can go south instead of well. So um, I actually had this issue with a conversation I had with someone a few years ago, maybe a year ago, I can't remember how long it was, but we were talking about um, how the word we kept using was perfect. And we were talking about how God created everything perfect in the beginning. And we kept arguing back and forth about, um, you know, whether it was created perfect or not. And then I realized that we were talking about completely different definitions of the word perfect. So, you know, just always be careful when you're talking to someone about something. It's always good to define what the standard of said word is going to be used for that conversation to actually mean or matter um, 
But anyway, in this case, the definition I'm going to be using is Natasha Crane's definition because it's, I, I don't know where she got it from, but I'm, I'm getting it from her. So I'm just going to say it's hers. And it's actually very simple, but completely um, accurate. And it's that it's just an extraordinary event with a supernatural cause. And both of those things have to be um, there for the, it to be a miracle. The first one, it has to be an extraordinary event. So basically, it has to be an event outside of the ordinary or what happens every day or regular um, regular events. And it has to be caused by something that is outside of nature or that is outside of the natural laws, okay? So both of those things are important. And I say this because a lot of people think that babies are miracles. You know, you know, your, your sweet little baby is a miracle. And the reality is that it's, they're not, you know, and I have two babies. So please don't accuse me of being insensitive just because I don't have children because I have two of my own and they're wonderful. Um, babies are absolutely wonderful. They are a joy. They just bring so much um, so many great things into your lives it just completely changes your life. It's just exactly what people said about it shifting your life completely. However, they're not miracles. Um, babies happen every day. I mean, I don't know how many babies are born every day, but they are. And um, so you can't say that's an extraordinary, extraordinary event because it happens ordinarily, actually. And also you can't say that it's caused by outside of natural laws or uh, outside of nature because it's just basically the, um, uh, oh my gosh, I forgot what it's called, the, the woman, the woman's egg, you know, meeting the sperm, you know, when they meet, that's part of nature. That's just something natural that happens. It's not outside of nature. So we can't attribute the cause to something supernatural. So with that being said, I just wanted to make sure and make it clear that when we're talking about a miracle in this episode, we're talking about something that's extraordinary and an event that is, is, is extraordinary. And we're talking about the cause being something supernatural outside of nature, outside of the natural laws. So I also, I mean, I don't think I have to clarify this, but I'm going to anyway. You know, we tend to use phrases a lot like, oh, you're up early. That's a miracle. You know, that's also not a miracle. I don't think there was a need to clarify that, but just in case I'm doing it anyway, you know, it's better said than not, than left unsaid. So um, with that, I'm going to move on to two more points that I have before getting into the actual topic that I want to talk about. And the first point I want to make is that whenever we are accused of believing in miracles, okay, well, Actually, let me not say the word accused of believing in miracles because I don't want it to sound like something negative. But whenever we express believing believing in miracles, then usually if the person is against believing in miracles, the argument or the attack usually is accusing us of being either less intelligent than other people or not having common sense or being ignorant, or being fools, etc, etc. So I just want to make it clear that while these attacks and arguments are not well um, thought out arguments, they're not well thought out attacks or any of that, any of those things, they are still very emotionally 
inclined. They appeal to the emotions of human beings, Christians included. And so because of that, they are very effective because you don't have to have a sound argument to have an emotional argument. Um, And emotional arguments are very effective. Even though they're rarely sound, they're um, they are very effective. Um, now I say that because I think that as Christians, we have to realize that whenever we admit to believing in miracles, we will most likely be accused of being fools, ignorant, um, you know, sometimes even stupid, uh, lack of intelligence and lack of common sense. And as Christians, we need to be prepared for the, for when and if, most likely when, this happens because we cannot react to those emotions in a negative way that represents Christ um, poorly. Because if we do that, then we are automatically creating a barrier for any further discussion of that argument or of that topic. And therefore, we're going to become very ineffective in having that person see where their flaw is in their argument or in their attack. So this is something that is not easy to do. It's very, very difficult. It's extremely difficult to react against your emotions And I think that's why we are reminded that we are supposed to have self-discipline, self-control through the Holy Spirit, because there is no way that any Christian could look me straight in the eye and say, oh, that's super easy to do, because it's not. It it really is going against your your nature when you are attacked with an emotional argument, especially when it's about degrading your intelligence or accusing you of being an ignorant. So... We're not, we're not saints at all. And it's okay if you ever have reacted to your emotions or if you ever have represented Christ poorly. Um, It's okay that that has happened. It's not correct. It's not right. But if it happened, just learn from that mistake. Make sure that you identify where things went wrong so that you don't do it again. Okay. And The other point I wanted to make, that's the first one. The other point that I wanted to make sure I said was that we as Christians need to make sure that when we are talking to other people about their beliefs or the things that they think to be true, it's very important that we do not react in a, in a way of making fun of them. It's very important that we don't make fun of other people for what they believe in or for their ideas etc. Even though it might be very difficult at times, it's really important that we realize that the way that we treat others, including um, the way that react to what they believe, is going to have a huge impact on how they will further open up about anything else about what they believe in. And it is extremely important that we do not give this vibe of being condescending or um, making fun of people for believing in things different from us because then we will close the door to ever having a conversation about that matter. And then we can't talk to them about, you know, having them see the falsehood behind their ideas or religion. So it's just extremely important that we don't make fun of other people um, for what they believe in or their, their ideas and not laugh at them simply because they believe something that is false. Because remember, uh, the same way that they believe 
um, that, that we would know that their beliefs are false. They would believe that believing in the resurrection is absolutely crazy. And just in the same way that we don't like being made fun of, or we just don't like being treated as ignorance for believing in the resurrection, I'm sure nobody else does either. Even if they are definitely in the wrong and their ideas are wrong, we can't treat them as making fun of them or being condescending to them because remember, they don't know that what they believe is false. They believe that what they believe is true. Some haven't even realized that there's plenty of flaws in their ideas, but we're never going to get there if we already start off by making fun of them for what they believe in. So it's just really important not to create that barrier. And also, we have the truth. We know better. So let's not, you know, make them feel um, like, you know, like they're somehow less intelligent or ignorant, just as we would not like that as well. So please make sure that you keep that in mind. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and just dive into the points that I want to make about the importance of being able to defend the existence of miracles. So um, I want to make sure that we realize that behind the argument that miracles don't exist is another argument that is much more important, much more profound. And that's why it's so important to be ready for this, for this argument about miracles. And it is that if there is no supernatural, then something supernatural cannot happen. So basically, if the supernatural doesn't exist, then supernatural events cannot happen. And we as Christians need to admit to that being true. It is true that if there is no supernatural, then obviously supernatural events could not happen. Okay, and this is true. Now, obviously, and maybe you already, you're already ahead of me on this, but this is actually a question of whether God exists or not. Because in the supernatural, in the supernatural, God would be included in that. And obviously, if God does not exist, then it is, it will follow that supernatural events can't happen because God is the supernatural be- being who is all powerful, who can make these events happen. So, if he does not exist, then miracles don't exist. If miracles don't exist, then God does not exist. So you have to realize that when people accuse us of of being ridiculous for believing in miracles, it comes from them not believing in anything supernatural. So if they're right, they would be right. I mean, if they want to believe that there is no supernatural, what what I was trying to say with that phrase, I know that was just circular reasoning, but that's not what I was meaning to say. What I what I what I mean to say is that if they believe no supernatural exists, if they believe the supernatural does not exist, then it would follow that they would believe miracles do not exist. 
Because if they didn't believe supernatural, the supernatural exists, but then they believed in miracles, that would be inconsistent. So at the very least, we need to give them, we need to give them that, that they're being consistent in their view, even though they're wrong, but they're at least would be consistent. Okay. So the, the actual um, challenge here would be to provide a good argument for why the supernatural would exist. Because if the supernatural exists, then supernatural events can happen. But if we go about this a different route, and that would be, that would be basically all you need is to prove that one miracle happened ever in history. And if that one miracle actually happened, then it would follow that miracles do exist, that miracles can happen. And if miracles can happen, since they are extraordinary events caused by something supernatural, then it would follow that the supernatural has to exist in order for that miracle to have happened. And that is all you need. So if you go about this in a much more simplistic way, by trying to provide evidence for one miracle, that is all you need to be able to have someone see that miracles exist. Now, with that, I want to emphasize the importance, people, of choosing correctly, choosing wisely. What miracle am I going to try to provide evidence for? And let me tell you what, as a Christian, I don't think that there is a better miracle to provide evidence for than the resurrection. And the reason for that is because Christianity stands on the resurrection. And if you can provide evidence for the resurrection, then you would be providing, number one, evidence for a miracle, which then would provide evidence that that the supernatural exists which then would provide the possibility of a God existing, which means that our God could be real, which means then that Christianity is true, okay? So it's just, it's just there's a lot happening there when you're able to provide evidence for the resurrection. So now I provided uh, an episode with reasons of why to believe in the resurrection about two episodes ago in Spanish. I did not do it in English. It was a different topic for the English um, podcast, but I think there is plenty, plenty of resources in, in English for you to look up of all the vast evidence, historical evidence that there is for knowing that the resurrection actually happened. So that's going to require you to do a little more homework. Uh, maybe I will do an episode on reasons to believe in the resurrection later on. Um, those kind of basic apologetic questions I am trying to address more in Spanish just, just because of the lack of resources that there are. Um, but I just think that there's so much out there to be able to read on when it comes to the resurrection in English. And I just think that I don't need to address that in this podcast. So with that being said, we um, once, okay, so basically with looking at all of the evidence of the resurrection, 
the only logical explanation of all the evidence that we have biblically and um, even outside of the biblic- uh, of the Bible, I'm sorry, all of the historical documents that we, ha- that we have that support what the Bible says, the only logical explanation for that is that the resurrection actually happened. Okay, of course, there's other secular views who try to explain the resurrection without um, without covering or all their bases because any theory that you hear will, will not cover all of the evidence provided because they can't explain all of the evidence. Um, and remember that your best explanation is going to be the explanation that includes all of the evidence. And the only one that does that would be that the resurrection actually happened. Now, the only way that someone could get around the resurrection, um, I'm sorry, that the only way that someone could get around miracles not happening after you've provided um, evidence for the resurrection is that you have to realize someone could just assume God does not exist. And if they assume God does not exist, then obviously they're not going to believe that miracles existed. And then in that case, your conversation would have to shift to the evidence for God because that's really where the argument is coming from. Now, I want to address the fact that just because something sounds like out of this world does not mean that it did not happen. And we're not going to deny the fact that the resurrection sounds crazy. The resurrection sounds out of this world. The resurrection sounds kind of impossible to happen. The resurrection sounds pretty incredible, but that does not mean that it did not happen. Okay. So again, something like, for example, um, a woman birthing eight children in one shot. It's pretty crazy, pretty incredible. Um, Sounds impossible, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. Okay. So just remember that, okay, when someone accuses us of being crazy for what we believe in, you know, you can always bring up those points and say, well, yeah, I agree with you. What I believe in is crazy. You know, don't deny that part. It does sound crazy, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen, you know, and you can even provide a bunch of events in the universe (laughs) that sound pretty crazy, but that does not mean that they did not happen. And a lot of those, some of those events, um, include again, a woman birthing eight kids at one shot. I cannot imagine like how, oh, I just, you know what? I don't want to imagine it actually. So let's skip over that. And, you know, how about talking about how, you know, there's planets floating in the air outside of, in, in the, in the atmosphere, in the universe, and there's nothing visible that's holding them in the air. Okay, then we have that. We have that's pretty crazy. Then we have, you know, men landing on the moon. How crazy does that sound? You know, how incredible, how almost impossible does that sound? Pretty impossible, but it doesn't mean it did not happen. It doesn't mean it's not true. There's plenty of ex- of examples out there of things you can think of that sound crazy, sound impossible. They sound out of this world. They sound like 
what, how could that even be possible? But that does not mean that they did not happen. It does not mean that it is not true. So a good way to approach it when someone accuses you for being, for, um, you know, being crazy for believing in something so crazy is that, yeah, it's a pretty crazy thing to believe in, but that that doesn't mean it's not true and it doesn't make you crazy either. So um, I just wanted to make sure I, I, I spoke about that because I, again, you know, accusing you of believing in something crazy can appeal to the emotions because then it means that you're believing in something that, you know, n- possibly no smart person could believe in. But there's plenty of things that we as very intelligent human beings believe happened because they did, um, even though they sound pretty crazy to have happened. So um, make sure to prepare for that emotionally and in react, you know, how to properly react to that as well. So um, after basically with the evidence of the resurrection, sometimes that's going to fall on providing evidence for the gospels and why we believe the gospels are true. And there again is plenty of evidence out there, books and articles where you can read on when it comes to the evidence um, about the gospels being true. And if we follow this in order, then it would go like this. Um, It would say, the evidence for the gospels, um, for the gospels being true, um, exists. And if the evidence for the gospels being true exists, that means that what they say is true. And if what they say is true, then the resurrection is true. If the resurrection is true, then the supernatural is true, which means that God exists. And therefore, obviously, miracles can happen. You can also provide um, evidence for the resurrection, those biblical and outside of the Bible, about the resurrection actually being mentioned throughout history and um, going uh, about it that way. Now, I think there's plenty of ways to provide evidence for the miracles, uh, for miracles, um, depending on who you're talking to, especially depending on their religion or their worldview. However, I think that you need to always remember the goal and the goal is not to be right. Even though we are right, even though in the end, um, we are right about Christianity, we are right about the truth of Christianity. The goal is not to be right and definitely not to be condescending about the fact that you are right. The goal, as the Bible says about spiritual warfare, is the war is against that mind of that person. Having that person see the falsehood behind their ideas the um, lies that they believe, and hopefully they can see the flaws in their beliefs, in their worldview, in their religion, whatever else there may be, so that they can see that they don't have the truth. Once they can see they don't have the truth, that opens the door for the gospel. And guys, the goal is always the gospel. And the goal is, you know, even if you are not the person who presents the gospel to them, 
The goal is for them to see that what they believe is not true so that whenever someone comes and presents the gospel to them, they can see that that is actually the truth, that that is reality, that that is the story of reality, like Greg Kokel titled his book. And I think that we need to remember that. We just really need to make sure that as we build relationships with other people, we are making sure that we take those opportunities for them to see the problem with their ideas and their religion and their worldview. And the main, main focus should always be you asking the right questions. And whenever someone brings up the topic of miracles, you just need to remember that you are answering their questions correctly, but most of all, that you are able to ask questions to them so that they can see where their problem is in thinking that you are somehow ignorant for believing in miracles. So, and hopefully that will help them see that believing in miracles is not ignorant. It's not for fools. And that if you believe in miracles, you're actually more along the sides of reason and more along the sides of believing the resurrection actually happened based on the evidence. Therefore, Christianity is true. And that's really the goal, guys. The goal is the person's soul. The goal is the person's mind. Not our victory, not our win of the argument, not us being right. Even though those things might take you to helping that person see the lies. But remember that those things can happen. You could win an argument, you can have victory of an argument and still have lost the actual and still have missed the actual goal because of how you might have approached it. So anyway, I just wanted to leave that with you guys. I personally have benefited so much from just remembering that um, God's goal in providing apologetics to us as Christians was to expand his kingdom, to help us spread the word of God and to help people see the truth. And that is really all we should care about because people matter. Hashtag people matter. And I need to remind that to myself too. So um, if this is speaking to you, it's uh, definitely speaking plenty to me. So anyway, with that, guys, I also want to recommend The Case for Christ, which is a great book to help you with seeing um, all the evidence that's provided for the resurrection. And that's written by Lee Strobel. The movie is also on Netflix. And I think it would be a great movie to watch if you're especially if you're just starting off on this. So um if you have any questions, let me know. Oh yeah, social media. I keep forgetting to mention my social media. So Instagram is truthfully think. So that's truth, fully think. And Twitter is truthfully think, truthfully think. And my uh, email is truthfully thinking podcast, all written out. Yes, it's a very long email, but everything else was taken. So truthfully thinking podcast at gmail.com. So please, if you have any questions, let me know. Thank you so much for listening. Please continue sharing. I'm so grateful for everyone who's listening and supporting uh, my podcast. And with that, my truth seeking mates until next time. (music) 